Hey, you ready to start this podcast, Todd? No, not quite yet. I, I can't decide which story to open with. Dude, we've been prepping for this for seven hours. Yeah, I know. I just can't make up my mind. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Jeff, you know that magical moment when you're walking down the street and you make eye contact, probably to just be friendly and say hello to somebody else, and they make eye contact with you, and then all of a sudden you both try to pass each other going the same direction. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah. You both weave when one of you should have, zi- both zig when one of you should have zagged. Totally, totally. I, I get that. And, and, of course, I always make that awkward joke. Want to dance? You know, I, mean, I think my dad taught me that. You know, it, I, I heard the research they did on that. It's the eye contact that causes the problem. If you're watching the person's body, you can tell which way they're going to go and be able to adjust accordingly. But it's actually yeah. making eye contact. You know, one of the strategies is just to walk with your head down or looking at your phone and just choose a direction and just hope that and just they get out it. of your way. Yeah, it, it, that works until two people are looking at their phone and then they run right into well, each yeah, other. Yeah, there's that. So I just think that awkward moment that we've all experienced yeah. is a perfect illustration of not being able to make a decision because decisions really picking a pathway, right? It's picking yeah. one option over another. Yeah. And so when you've got somebody who is confusing you and yeah. kind of showing indecision and bouncing yeah. back and forth on that, particularly when they're in that boss role, that can be very frustrating yeah. as an yeah. individual. Yeah, there's an old saying that says the world is full of flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's a true statement, right? Uh, we all, we've all been there. It's like, please just, oh, crap. Um, but no, yeah, especially when it comes to relying on your boss, because let's, let's face it, a boss by, by, by definition is a person who's been put into authority. Yeah. They have more authority than you do. And so when it comes time to make a decision, right. there are times when you frankly cannot do it. You right. literally have to just you know, whatever, persuade your boss, share information, and then that boss has to make a decision or you're sitting there idle. Sure, sure. Uh, You know, I uh, try not to think too autobiographical on all of these, but uh, one of the things that's always amazing to me is I've never been a fan of like, let's wait and see. Um, But as I've gotten more mature in my time, sometimes waiting and seeing how things play out can be a little bit like sometimes I I think early on I made decisions too quick. And there is a little bit of wisdom to being able to say, you know what, let's just let, let me sleep on this for a night or let me think about that. How do, how do you determine yeah. when thoughtful decision-making slips into indecision? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question, isn't it? Um, you, you know, those of us who l- would tend to pr- procrastinate away things we don't want to think about, yeah. um, sometimes it works out. Like, yeah. you, like you said, sometimes if you delay a decision, um, it, things work out and become clear. So, you know, it's not just, so, so decisiveness, I think, is not being quick to kind of rush into decision sure, making. Sure. I don't think anyone wants a boss who's just, you know, impulsively makes decisions. Left, right. Exa- exactly. So I think there's a balance, right, right? Wrong. I don't know if there's a time frame, you know, Todd, like how long can you wait to make a decision? I think we kind of know it when we feel it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a time when you can take cautiousness to an extreme and it becomes, uh, you know, detrimental. Well, and I think there's ways for the boss to signal that here's the information I'd like to have before we make the decision, right. or here's right. the, the timing that I think we need to make that decision. It's that repetitiveness of we've gone past the point of where the decision needs to be made. And now we're having to deal with that. It, exactly. It's kind of like you're, it's kind of like a, like a, like an airline pilot in the dive, right? <clears throat> yeah. I'm with you. When are you going to decide to pull up on yeah. this, you know, pull up on the stick and like start to climb again? Yeah. There comes a point where, you just you're too you, there's no pulling out i mean it's like you're done right <laughs> there's a point of no return 
You, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes I feel like that. So the you know, boss is like, well, I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite. Now, even if they make a decision, yeah. it's, it's too late. There's going to be damage. But, you know, when you add that time element yeah. to any decision, delaying and not making this decision in some ways is making a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Making a decision not to make that decision. Like sometimes it, it basically kind of say, I'm not taking control of this or I'm not in charge of this particular situation. Why do, bo- why do people do that? Why, yeah. do, why do you think bosses do that? Yeah. Where they just seem reluctant to make a decision. I think um, it's kind of interesting. One of the uh, articles I read prepping for this came from the Harvard Business Review. And we'll put it in the show notes. But the, one of the things that they said right off the bat on that is to diagnose what's going on. And I loved this part of it. They said sometimes you can tell by the culture itself. If it's a blaming culture where mm-hmm. it's important to assign blame right away, yeah, yeah. sometimes that kind of tamps down decision making. So people are a little more fearful to be able to make a decision in the moment. So let's let's take that one for a second. So so let's assume your boss is in a culture that's a blaming culture yep. and literally just is afraid to make a decision yep. because of because of the, the potential for backlash. Yep. What let's talk about what, what can employees do in that situation to I guess make the boss more comfortable. The first thing that comes to my mind is <laughs> paint the picture for the boss of the blame coming for not making the decision. Okay. Like make it almost more fearful, <laughs> make the pain greater for not That's making true. a decision mm-hmm. in this situation than for actually taking the risk. Okay. And I think the other thing is to make it as safe as possible for the decision to be made. How, how do you help paint that picture that this is really the safest thing to do? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, my thought is the way that an employee might need to do that is, um, is they, need, they may need to do the homework. Yeah. Right. So do do the homework. You, you know, there a decision needs to be made. Do as much of the homework as you can to provide the boss with the data to feel comfortable making a decision. Yeah. Right. It's very easy um, if you if you have a well thought out plan, of, you know, kind of a rationale for a decision process. It's it's easier to defend that. And so, but oftentimes bosses don't have the time to do that. So I think if you want a decision made, that's one way to do it. Right. Do the homework. Do the math. Create the assumptions. Create the pitch right. and then go to the boss and say anything else you need to feel comfortable going forward with this decision. Sure. I think the, uh, you know, and if that doesn't work, then the next tier up on that mm-hmm. is to just take charge yourself and make mm-hmm. the decision, uh, if, particularly if you feel safe enough and comfortable enough with what you're doing. And, you know, one way you can do that is to frame that up for the boss that no decision leads to the way you want to go. So, hey, mm-hmm. boss. Okay. Hey, Jeff. Um, you know. We could do X or we could do Y on this. I've done all the research on this. I've built everything together on it. If I don't hear from you, I'm going forward with X. Mm. All right. So the presumptive decision. Right. Yeah. And that basically no decision is, leads to this result. So that, I noticed that wasn't one of the choices. We're what gonna, do you mean? We're going to do X or we're going to do Y. And unless I hear from you, I'm going to go, I'm going to assume X is the right way to go. Correct. There wasn't a X, Y, and a do nothing Z. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and that's different than the traditional alternative close, which right. is X right. or Y, you know? Right. So, right. and the example I always give to that is, you know, asking your kid, uh, you know, do you, do, do you want peanut butter and jelly or do you want a ham sandwich as opposed to saying, what do you want for lunch? Uh, because then yeah. you get, oh, you know, I want popsicles. Well, that wasn't one of the options. I used to always just say, do you want peanut butter and jelly or do you want jelly and peanut butter? <laughs> Take your pick, my friend. Very nice. Yeah. 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 And it's funny though, because they would, they would think about it. And they would choose one. That was always, you know, when they're four years old. I want jelly with peanut butter. I don't like jelly on my peanut butter, but I like peanut butter Jeff, on my come jelly. Back, come no. back, come back, Jeff. But come. it does remind me of a funny story, though. Can I tell you? Sure. Bit? So um, there was a time I was making breakfast for my son, Caleb. Yeah. And um, we, uh, 
we, I, we were making like a fried egg on top of toast. And I said, hey, Caleb, do you want your egg on top of your toast? Or, you know, right. as opposed to next to it. Yeah. And he said, he said, no, I want my toast under the egg. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Big that distinction. Kind of yeah. That makes no difference to our podcast. But I thought, it, uh, just remember, that's, you know, it was kind of funny because. Thanks it, for it's sharing, all, It's all Jeff. a matter of perspective. Yeah. So um, back on track. So. Um, Interesting decision to share that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> By the way, we should mention that we're here at a great coffee shop here in Kansas City River Market area. Yeah. Yeah. This one is called Key Coffee, spelled Q-U-A-Y. I was very, I was waiting to make sure that you pronounced it correctly. And bravo, you did it excellent. I argued with a barista for about 10 minutes that there's no way that Q-U-A-Y should be pronounced. You key. argue about everything. Well, it's just kind of what I do. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. anyway, it's, uh, I think it's a coffee shop that's just been bought by Thou Mayest, a, another great uh, coffee purveyor here in Kansas City. We're, we're glad to be here. So um, coffee's delicious, by the way. So back to dis- okay. bosses who can't make decisions. I can't the decide whether to keep going with this podcast or not. <laughs> the, um, so, um, you know, one of the situations, maybe they're in a culture where blame is part of it. Right. What might be some other reasons that we could see as diagnosis as to why a boss is hesitant to make a decision? Well, as you know, Todd, I happen to be kind of a fan of personality assessments. I do. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that... that has come to mind is I, I see a lot of bosses who just have a natural personality type toward um, stability in the status quo. Yeah. Um, and they are about as far from feeling comfortable taking risks, um, taking bold moves as they can be. So they're, they're very wired to enjoy stability and predictability um, and just by nature. And so and there's not, I, I wouldn't say that they often gravitate to leadership, but there are yeah. times when they get promoted. Yep. To a position of, of management, and they're they're just wired to not be bold. Yeah, and there are times when I see those types of folks being very indecisive because they just don't want to take any risks. Yeah. They don't want to f- offend people. They don't want to let anyone down. And sometimes making a decision does offend people, and has a risk of letting people down. Sure. So it's, sometimes it's just safer to them Kay. to just let's just keep let's just keep rowing the boat. Let's not rock it. You know, it's kind of interesting. Both that personality type and that blaming kind of go back ultimately to a fear, right? Like, you know, yeah, what's the yeah, fear of yeah. taking that risk or how yeah. things are going to change? I think yeah. sometimes it, it can also be an element of just not genuinely not knowing, like like not yeah. feeling confident enough in what it is that they think is the right decision, which I guess also gets back to a fear element. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, so I think in either case, you're, you're dealing with the need as an employee to help make the boss feel comfortable making yeah. a decision. <clears throat> and I think in those cases, sometimes you do have to go and give them a bit of an ultimatum. Say, you know what, w- you know, asking the question, w- what else do you need from me or the team here so that we can make a decision, yes or no, by this date? Sure. What else can we do to help make that decision? Just yeah. continue to push for that, continue to articulate that and not sit back and wait because you may be waiting until the nosedive is, is I think too that's late. a great question to ask is to, to really say, what is it that you need to feel comfortable making this decision? Right. And then um, then it's kind of a nice thing to be able to say, okay, why don't I go get those things for you? And then right. we can be able to make a good decision right. on this. Right. Um, and then being able to frame that up. And, and I think sometimes simplifying the choice, coming in and asking the boss, what should we do, oh, yeah. is much more challenging yeah. to be able to do than to say, hey, I propose this, and another alternative is that, which of these works best for you? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we, we've probably mentioned it a few times that that bosses oftentimes 
they, they write better with a red pen than a black pen. Right. And so if you can bring to them the decision, the, the, you know, the peanut butter and jelly versus ham sandwich decision, it narrows it down for the right. indecisive boss to be able to pick one. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so um, open ended. Hey, you know, give us a direction on this. We'll be waiting. Yeah. Recipe for disaster. One of the suggestions that came out of that article, and by the way, the title of that article is How to Deal with a Chronically Indecisive Boss. Um, pretty it, appropriate. Yeah, well, and I like the fact that it is uh, chronically. Like, it's not just a one-time <laughs> right. thing or you've had right. to deal with it, but this is repetitive in nature. And that is uh, to, to get allies, to, to talk okay. to coworkers, mm-hmm. to talk to peers to be able to do that because there's safety in numbers. And so if you can get alignment and built up around some of the others within the workplace, then that can help tip the scale to being able to make the decision. So if the boss, like you said, personality style is afraid of offending some others or being able to deal with it, if you can show, no, everybody's in support of this, this is the safe way to go, that might make it easier. That's a good, that's a good point. If safety is the need, yep. stability and safety is the need, then, then, then like you said earlier, point out that indecision creates less safety sure. or removes safety or whatever I'm trying to say. So, um, but can I, can I ask just a, uh, something just popped into my head about indecisive um, leaders. I, I think we, most of the time we think like we've been talking about the, this inability to kind of get off zero and make a decision. Yep. But w- would you consider indecisive also a, a way of describing the leader that, you know, makes, makes a fast decision, but then, Waffles on it, sort yeah. of the waffling indecisive leader. I totally. Mean, it, so, it's almost just as bad, isn't it? Yeah, I would argue worse. It could, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I guess it could be worse. I mean, they're both bad. So you, when you're arguing <laughs> yeah. between uh, bad and worse, it, it's not a, a good situation yeah. to be in. But yeah. So you you and you know think back to that original analogy about walking down the sidewalk. So somebody picks picks a lane and comes at it, and then says nope and walks the other, and you've already adjusted the correct course to go around them, oh, and now you're just kind of bouncing back and forth. That's really them. what sort of happens in those situations. Right. It's not the, it's not the one time. It's like the, we do it two or three times, and we can't get out of each other's way. Right. So, yeah. so you know, it's like, it's like that squirrel that, that is in the middle of the road, yeah. runs to the far right, and then immediately runs to the far left while you're still driving toward them. So it, it, it's sort of, sort of one and the same thing. It's a different yeah. problem, but... But it has some of the same effect. It it? feels to me like that one, and and maybe not, but thinking in the abstract and maybe thinking through a a very specific example might help drive that home. But I think that would be an easier one to deal with as an employee. And and the reason why for that is after that happened about the third time, then I think I would start to protect myself by following up and writing saying, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what we decided and this is what I'm doing going forward. Um, Because that's a little easier to hold somebody accountable for it. it. It's a little easier to say, no, no, this is the direction we're on versus I have no direction or guidance. Yeah. 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 It's, it's probably more similar to a a past episode of ours that talked about, about that, um, kind of the unpredictable or the competing priorities boss. I think we might. Yeah. 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 Um, but but for me, it still seems a little indecisive. It's like, I make a rash decision totally. And then backtrack. Right. Yeah. Well, cause that's a part of it is the decisiveness is really about picking the lane and then sticking to that lane. Um, right. So having the fortitude to be able to go through that. And I think that's an important aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the dangers of working for a boss that's indecisive? I think, I think clearly, you know, one of the dangers is um, y- you, you're in danger. I think it affects your reputation. Yeah. You know, because, because you're on the team yeah. and, um, and so, you know, the danger of not of, of working for a boss that won't make decisions is that the team itself may produce bad results, and, and that will be a reflection on, on you. 
So, Boy, you bring up a great point with this, Jeff. And I think that, that reputation, oftentimes we talk about whether to confront the boss or leave based upon the, the difficulty of having to work under that. But I don't think we spend enough time talking about what a bad boss can do for your reputation. And an indecisive boss can really hamper that because it looks like you're part of a not getting anything done or not moving forward because decisions that need to be made aren't being made. And sometimes the decision to quit or to move teams or to move on really should be more about our own reputation, our own brand and what we're building. There's Hell's Bells. Um, unfortunately, that means we have to wrap up, Todd. But, uh, but you know, this last statement that you made. You know, what do we think? Maybe, maybe we could make a different decision here on this one. No, I mean, well, <laughs> let me. Well, yeah. Well, no. Well, maybe. No. Sorry, I maybe, interrupted well, your thought. You were on a nice train Yeah, there. so uh, I wasn't on a train. I was on a plane. Okay. So here's, here's where I was going. So it, it's sort of like that, that idea, that what, kind of back to that last point as we wrap up. The, you said you said the dan- what, what danger does it pose yeah. to, to you if you have an indecisive boss? Okay, yeah. so you're you're a flight attendant on that plane I was talking about, yeah. and the pilot is like, let's see how far down I can ride this nosedive before I pull up. You're you're going along for the ride, man. Yeah, you're in there. You're you're not going to be any better off than the pilot when if, if that pilot fails to make a decision in time. Yeah, to, to pull out of the nosedive. So, so so we need to do something. Protect ourselves. Um, you know, continue to use your per- persuasive skills as an employee to you know, provide the boss what the boss needs. Have conversations. What is it you need from us, boss? I guess I am kind of summarizing some sure. of the things we sure. talked about now. You know, make sure that, th- that you understand, you diagnose why the boss is resistant to making a decision and then do your part to help with that. Yeah, no, I think that, that, that critical part is trying to figure out why the boss isn't making decisions. Then make it as easy of a path <laughs> as possible for them to make that decision and then protect yourself along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice summary. And, you know, thinking about all those things of working with an indecisive boss, just remember, even if you work for an indecisive boss, it could be worse. Yeah, you could work for Todd. Or Jeff. 